I'm Daniel. My pronouns are he and him. I'm Robert. My pronouns are also he and him. And, and this is Grizzly Kiki. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as a meet and greet with James Charles. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95 and they offer great customer service. I should know. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. Who doesn't love that? (laughs) Choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way you can try on all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. We don't need people seeing things blurry. And Daniel wears Warby Parker and now he can actually see me. And... I'm now considering a divorce. Hey! To get started, head over to WarbyPorkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Wait, wait, wait. Warby Porker? That's oh, a very different website. I was projecting. Very different. I mean, I project in all directions. Give them, give them that yeah. link one more time. Oh, sorry. To get started, head over to WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Again, that's WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Warby Parker. Modern eyewear made simple. Don't Google Warby Porker. You'll regret it. This is 2020. I loved that show growing up. Me too. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, How are you liking 2020? 2020? 2020. Babwa Waters. Oh my god. Um, you know, she didn't really have like an Elmer Fudd voice, or doesn't have an Elmer Fudd voice. It's like a... It's Sherry O'Terry's impersonation of Barbara Walters. That's I feel like that's what most people yeah. think of as Barbara's actual voice. Which is a little not. more speech impedimenty mm-hmm. than Barbara Walters. I just, I would love to know what exactly that, like, where that comes from, you know? Yeah. But I've never been able to find out why. But it's like she's almost underwater. Yeah. Um, I miss Barbara Walters. I do too. She's still with us, yes? Yes. Yeah. She's right over She's here. retired. She's like hanging out in our kitchen. I just, I, I miss her. She was such a, a, a fixture. I know. And like. For me, growing up. Was one of the first women who really like, you know, became super successful and respected as a, as a journalist. And it was a big fight for her to, you know, get that respect coming up in her, in her field. It's so wild to think of that because she seemed like such an authority to me. Like I grew up with her being the oh, authority. Yeah. Like as a kid, like a, a little like, ten, I mean, whenever it was that, you know, I remember starting to watch Barbara Walters. Like that was every Friday. I think it was after TGIF, yeah, right? At 10 o'clock. I mean, and like we would watch it. Like it was great. Um, and my, then my parents would come and take over the living room to watch 2020 mm-hmm. and I would just kind of like stay. It was great. It was good reporting. Mm-hmm. It was a, I mean, fun, and, you know, at certain points. I didn't like when she like retired from the show. And I think they brought on was it John Stossel. Somebody. I think his name was. Somebody I just, else. I stopped watching. But anyway. Yeah. Um, but back to the matter at hand. Um, sure. I think 2020 has been great so far. All what? Five <laughs> days. Awesome. Fabulous. Yeah. Well, Except for, you know, that incident in Iran. But 
Well, yeah. Other other yes. than that, yes. Mrs. Lincoln, how is 2020? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what? Um, let's let's go over what we did. Okay. Because we took a break. We did. Um, we spent Christmas with your family. Mm-hmm. I apologize. <laughs> I I actually. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it this year. Me too. I mean, I I generally enjoy it, but something it it's like you were saying on on some of our previous episodes, like you felt the spirit of Christmas, mm-hmm. and like that's je- like you're never like humbuggy, but like you're not, you know, like put on a Santa hat and like you know be like, hey, like are we putting up the tree yet? Type of person, mm-hmm. and I generally am. And this year I was kind of a little not in that place, but you helped me get really like merry and bright and all that stuff um but this christmas is really like different i think because my stepmom had to work and my dad had to work so we kind of took the reins a little bit more and you know we the like you know the two of us cooking in the kitchen with you know my stepsister and her boyfriend and it was just like it was nice to like give my dad and stepmom a like some breathing room you know, like they're already hosting and like providing the space and most of the food. So there was a really it was cute. Nice to do that. It was a really cute moment when we were we were all cooking, like we were all sort of like sharing the space mm-hmm. and cooking. And your stepmom came into the kitchen and was like, "Ay, todos están cocinando juntos." Like mm-hmm. I was like, "This is what I this is what I love." It was great. Like this is what I wanted mm-hmm. for the holidays. And then you know, um, we, so we had a very mm-hmm. like latin american hispanic caribbean <laughs> christmas we, eve we did dinner. what we did how? yeah how so well i mean i'm actually asking how so oh well i mean you made arroz con gris which is uh a, a, a rice cuban yeah the cuban like arroz moro with yeah. with uh black beans and, and i know that there's controversy about it but whatever Apparently, there's controversy because arroz con gris is not. Um, I think p- people say that arroz con gris is not made with, um, not made with black beans. That maybe it's made with red beans or something. I don't know. It was delicious. It, it was has, literally like, the recipe and... I used to make arroz con gris. In the comments, there were people fighting like, "No, you're not supposed to use this. You're not supposed." To. And I was like, "Okay, well, have fun." Authentic or not, it was delicious. Yes, it was um, great. And it has like red and green peppers, which make it very festive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had, um, we made churrasco, which is skirt steak mm. and chorizo. Um, my brother brought... Uh, chorizo uh, colombiano to be specific. Yeah, chorizo colombiano specifically. Specific. Um, I mean, you know, I did go shopping in Elmhurst after all. So a very large selection of Colombian chorizo to pick from. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like potato salad because... Every good and proper, at least Puerto Rican Christmas, needs to have potato salad, which my brother made. And, I want the um, history behind why Puerto Ricans eat potato salad. I'm not asking you to give it to I, me. I want to look it up. I just know it's there. I want some. Yeah, I want. I want to find out why. Because I find it odd. Because to me, <laughs> potato salad is a very summer food, and so to have it when it's cold. I guess in Puerto Rico, it's mm-hmm. not cold at Christmas. But I have to say, there's there's yeah. really nothing better than like potato salad with um canned ham you know like just the 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 weird like rounded ham that you Mm -hmm. buy and just put in the oven with pineapple and cloves Mm -hmm. very good Mm. no i'm not really familiar with that so it's a it's a really it's a you know if you don't have a spiral ham you have that one but um yeah um uh what else do we make oh i made my keto flan if you haven't seen the video check it out um spectacular i have to say that was 
I'm very proud of myself. I feel like we both made things on Christmas Eve that like uh, changed people's palates mm-hmm. because I was fully preparing to make just white, regular yes. ass uh, white rice and your your brother and your dad who don't like to eat rice with like things cooked inside of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, neither one of them likes beans, period. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yes. Mm-mm. I yeah. thought it was the fact that when you cook rice with like uh, vegetables in it or with, with beans in it that they didn't like that part. No, that's me. Oh. I don't like... Um, like, you know, red beans and rice where you cook the beans in it. But like, because it comes out dry, but like this is, the, the arroz con gris is like moist, mm-hmm. you know? Um, And that being, I mean, considering that I like, I almost botched that. Because mm-hmm. it was, I was like kind of freestyling at a certain point. It came back. Because when they said that they didn't, they were fine with having this kind of rice, I was like, well, I need to make more. And mm-hmm. the, I had only bought enough for a certain amount. Yeah. But... Anyway, I'm glad that I did it. But like your dad and your brother loved it, and your dad ate all of the leftovers. Oh yeah, he called us. Yeah, to say hey. So I finished that rice. Mm-hmm. And then mark, who was mark. who was the one who <laughs> who was the person who doesn't like flan? Um, who was in my, love with your my recipe? My stepsister Ruthie. I don't think she's too keen on it. And I and my brother though hates flan. Oh, it's strange because he loves custard. Like. He is obsessed with custard, mm-hmm. but he hates flan. Mm-hmm. I, I don't uh, like, you know, but this, it changed both of their minds. They had rather large pieces and finished them. Um, it just, it came out whipped and like had a good jiggle to it. Maybe I'll use less gelatin next time. Um, Maybe. But it was smooth. Yeah. It was, it was just really decadent. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, even though it's keto, it's. Not the lowest in carbs in terms of desserts, but it um it, it satisfies. Good. Yeah. Um but and and it released. Mm-hmm. That was the best part. Mm-hmm. Like it just came out of the the, the mold. It's great. Yeah. I was very happy. Um My favorite part was doing the like the photo shoots with all of the different backdrops oh, that, was that a we lot bought. Of fun too. Yeah, that was a good time. I'm still um, waiting to see those photos. Oh, I thought <laughs> I think anyway, I have some. You have some? I have some. I have some. You sent me some, but I'm waiting specifically for the ones with the like the Christmas car, the, oh, the car backdrop well, that we used. Yeah, I mean, I I have to ask for that, and I know my um things were a little busy on that end because my other stepsister, who's in Philly, had a had her third baby this past oh Monday, right Tuesday. That's right. Anyway, I um, I I have I suspect that your stepmom is creating like a secret collage with them with those specific mm-hmm. photos and is like keeping all of those photos secret because she's doing something mm-hmm. special. I mean, that's kind of cool. Regina really does yeah. um, make you feel at home. And I remember the year that we kind of conspired to scan a bunch of um, my oh, family photos yeah. because it was the year that my dad moved in and they had gotten engaged the year before. Um, and so she wanted him to, you know, that it was also like his home. And yeah. so she created a big photo collage of like, you know, my dad is a teenager, like family, and it was just, it was really beautiful. I still think yeah. of that. And like, it was, and it's still there, obviously. Um, but yeah, she's very thoughtful and, you know, likes to have fun with things like that, which is always nice. But yeah, it was a really great Christmas. We did the Secret Santa thing, which was really fun. Yeah, I've never done Secret um, Santa with family. And we didn't focus it was great. On, on presents. Yeah, like, not at all. we each had one person, but like, it was probably like past midnight, and we're not like wait until midnight people to open presents, mm-hmm. but. We were just like eating and having fun and talking, and it was just really—it uh, made me very happy. Yeah. So it was a good time. Mm-hmm. 
New Year's we spent at home sick. because we were both sick. Daniel was kind enough to share his cold with me. Well, sharing is caring. <clears throat> and I'm still still working on getting rid of it. <clears throat> so am I. <clears throat> um, <laughs> what else did we do on... I feel like we watched a movie or something. No, we didn't. We were going to watch something. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, we just like hung out at home and I think mm-hmm. we went to bed pretty early. Like we had a an, an older New Year's. Where we like, didn't really stay up like too 1:30 late. Thirty in the morning. Yeah, I mean, we forgot about the ball dropping because we were talking to to Jiggly for a little bit. Before. No, we didn't forget. I w- I had my eye on the clock oh. the whole time because I know my dad called me to Facetime like five minutes before, and I was like, "Oh my god, look at the time!" Because we were, you know, we just gotten off the phone with Jiggly after like catching up, and then I was like, "Oh well," it was kind of like a non New Year's New Year. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it's just like we were both sick. I'm sure if we had been feeling better that she would have come over and we would have, yeah. because last year, uh, last yeah, year we spent, spent New Year's, Year's her, playing yeah. board games mm-hmm. and stuff. It was fun. But, uh, you know, we even like canceled New Year's plans with Pissy and David because like, yeah. I, don't, I did not want to get anybody sick. Yeah, I hate that. I feel and I feel like I have specifically gotten Pissy sick before. So I was like, never again. Spring never please. again. I know. Uh, and then this past weekend was the memorial for my uncle who died back in or who passed in October. And um, and I got to see a lot of my family that I have not seen in years. Mm-hmm. And it was actually really I was really happy to to see most of them. And I I think I'm going to I think I'm going to make an effort to try and spend a little bit more time with my family. And we are already making plans to go visit the family I have in Florida. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah. It was beautiful. I have to say, I'd never been to, I mean, I've been to plenty of funerals and wakes and memorials, but yeah, this was just kind of, you know, from, from the funeral home to the, to the church, to the, the cemetery. And it was just a really, um, I'm really glad that your uncle got to have that kind of send off yeah. for lack of a better yeah. word, because, you know, your, your family, you know, having originally been based in, in New Jersey and now being in Florida, like they left a lot behind, you know, because all of your family is essentially down there now. Yeah. So it is nice that they still maintain those connections and like foster them actively. Mm-hmm. Um and it was nice to like see this like side of your family because I haven't seen it in like the almost 10 years we've been together, you know. I mean, thankfully nothing like this has happened, mm-hmm. you know, until yeah. now like yeah. on this scale. Um but it was it really was lovely to have the opportunity to I don't know, share in this, I guess. And I am not a religious person by any means, but the homily, which now I know what a homily is, <laughs> um that the priest who they brought in for your uncles funeral both priests both priests yeah um just it was um, it was beautiful it was just it made me cry just him reflecting on you know his experiences with your your uncle and your aunt and you know their family it was um to me like when when i think of like the ideal like you know if i were to be involved in some sort of organized religion is that it's community mm-hmm. and it's it's sharing you know all of these things with each other you know highs and lows and all that cliche stuff really but yeah. it, I, it felt very um loving yeah and not i mean i'm sure you know because it was a funeral you know we're being you know sorrowful and all of that but so it's not your typical service but yeah. it really was just it was it beautiful. was pretty it was pretty close mm-hmm. it was pretty close there were yeah. there were some slight differences there were a couple of things that were added mm-hmm. if anything oh okay uh so like in all honesty, the things that were missing were like the announcements at the end. 
Which we found out was what your uncle used to do. Uh, At least that's what... Um... No, no, no. That's not what they meant by that. Oh. No. Mm-mm. What they meant was... So I grew up in a church where they had English services upstairs and Spanish language ones downstairs. And so uh, we... Like, my parents joined the church right after they started doing the Spanish language masses in the in the basement. And... That what the priest was getting at is that they didn't know, like they didn't understand the proper cues as to when to stand, when to sit, when to kneel. But my uncle did. Mm-hmm. My uncle just knew them by heart. And so he would call it out during the service. And that's how they got used to oh, the okay. the standing, the sitting, the kneeling, all of that. Oh, so okay. that's what he understand. meant by yeah. that. No, it's usually the um the sing the person who's like singing all of the <sighs> That is the person that mm-hmm. usually does the announcements, and the announcements are like you know the church bake sale or you know the 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 <laughs> the, the, the never there, ending yeah. building or a uh, uh, roof fund, mm-hmm. you know like that. It's like stuff like that. So, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. The the service we went to this past weekend was very similar to your average Catholic mass that you'd you'd go to on like a Sunday, um, minus the, the um, announcements. Yeah, so it was really nice, and yeah, and that homily, man. So the priest who the the priest who did the service is actually the priest who baptized me when I was little. So that was emotional to be like in the in the same. I never I never thought I'd meet that man mm-hmm. because he never came back. The other priest that was there is the priest who I got to know because that's like he was who i grew up with mm. he, every sunday i saw him and that was the and then who he married your sister and and your brother-in-law yes, right okay. right and then he left and went to another parish and my parents would go visit him because they you know like my my parents and my aunt and uncle they they had like a close friendship with with the priests mm-hmm. that that were at our at our church um yeah so uh it's interesting because hearing him talk hearing the 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 priest talk about it yesterday I saw a little bit of that when I was when I was younger and then uh, the the priest like the regular priest left and there was this new priest that came in and he was so like aggressive and just like, mm-hmm. in my opinion, very un- ungodlike. And my parents wanted nothing to do with him. And they basically left the Spanish language church and just started going to church in English. And it was fine. Hmm. So I don't know. Like, I don't know what happened with that. I know that there was like. There was some controversy. Controversy. Look at me. Controversy. Controversy. Um, there was some controversy with that, but I don't. I didn't keep up with it, so I don't know what's. I don't know where that stands. Mm. Uh, so I don't know. But it was very. It was. It, it was. An, there was an interesting level of nostalgia that whenever I go to New Jersey, there's an interesting level of nostalgia. But specifically with being in that area, because I spent so much time there as a child, because I went to. For the first four years of school, I went to the school that was attached to that church, and uh, I spent a lot of time, like, after school in that area. You know, the McDonald's that we went to is one of the McDonald's that, you know, we would go to mm-hmm. regularly, and um, the the Sears that is now in Aldi is, like, where we would go shopping for clothes, and just there was, there was just a lot of nostalgia for me and seeing all of that stuff. And then, of course, seeing all of these people that... I mean, quite frankly, the last time I saw them was at the last, the last time, excuse me, some, the last time someone in my family passed. Mm-hmm. So, so um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to just see the passage of time through people's faces. Yeah, and I absolutely. always find that really, really interesting. Um, but it was also really nice that, um, that so many people turned out. That really made mm-hmm. me emotional that so many people were there for my uncle. Yeah. Um, 
he, I mean, he was a really active member of our church. So I'm happy that the community came out for him, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. I think we can move on to the mass Singer. What do you think? Yeah, I yeah. think we can. Let's do that. <laughs> so <clears throat> before we took our break, we mentioned that we were going to wrap up the finale of the Masked Singer. And I feel like, okay, so clearly we were only shocked by one of these people. Yeah, because I, pff, it did not even. Do we want to get into these individual performances? Because I, I don't, don't remember I them really. I didn't really like the last three performances, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, I didn't care for, well, I like Try a Little Tenderness, which was performed by the Fox, but I didn't like that the way he did it. I thought he did it fine. It's just yeah. not my, you know. Let's get into who was who. Yeah. So third place was the Flamingo. Who was? Adrian Bailon, yeah. which like, we duh. which we had clocked. Yeah. <laughs> I still can't believe that she made it that far. Um, yeah. I'm she choked. she had some she had some great um stage presence, I think, and she that's did. what carried her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um and, and then, I and I do hope that given that she has now um, I, I feel like her being on this show has maybe made her a little bit more confident in terms of her voice because I know that she got tired of hearing her voice and that's why she never released a solo album. Mm-hmm. I hope that her confidence is restored. Mm-hmm. It looked like she had fun. I mean, I she's from the the oh my god the Cheetah Girls. No, no. the real the real. Uh, that's I had and I'd only seen maybe like one episode of the real, so I didn't really know who she was. I wonder if. Because I know that Kiki Palmer is joining the reel, and I don't know if that's like if they're replacing Adrian. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I don't watch the reel, so I don't know what's happening. I just. I mean, either it was it yeah. was fun. I mean, she definitely, like you said, had stage presence, and I mean, maybe she'll do something else after this. No, I'm I'm just saying. I it seems to me like singing is something that she's really passionate about, mm-hmm. and I hope that this that this experience really uplifted her and is and is helpful to a future singing career if that's what yeah. is in the cards for her, you know? Um, and then in second place was the Rottweiler, who was Chris Daughtry. Did you know who Chris Daughtry was? I'd heard the last thing, but to tell well, you yeah, that I've listened that was, to anything, absolutely not. That was the name of the al- of the um, the group. Oh, he had a because, group? Yes, because when, oh, when, when Chris Daughtry started singing, it was him and a band, and the band's name was Daughtry. Oh. So, did they say that he was an American Idol person? He was a uh, was he? I don't think he won. I think he was like a runner up. Oh, okay. Uh, but he had an amazing. I, re- I remember listening whatever the song was that came out right after he left the show. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to that song, so I knew who he was, and I recognized him when they took off the mask. I just, I'm shocked that we never, we it were never, never went in that direction. Never, yeah, never. Like uh, it was like the they um, kept being like the basketball player. What was he a basketball player? The one, um, yes, I'm sorry, yes, you're right. That wasn't until like the last moment that Ken Ken oh, Jong was like, name. it's him. Oh my God, Victor something. Uh, yeah. Oh, anyway, Victor. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I, I feel like like to me, Chris Daughtry's experience on the show is proof that the clue packages are meant to throw you off. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still like haunted by Anna Gastar's clue pack- package. Yeah, because it makes no sense. All those friends references. I mean, yeah. Maybe this will make us uh, sharper sleuths for the next season, which begins in like a month. I want to be very sleuthy. <laughs> and then the winner is the Fox, who everyone knew was Wayne Brady. Yeah, very, very I mean, clear. 
I thought it was funny that he he was saying, oh, you know, this this moment has given me the confidence to be like a singer, like an actual singer. And it's like, you've been an actual singer. Like yeah. people, people were able to recognize your voice because mm-hmm. you're a singer. He should continue singing because he's really great yeah. at it. But I mean, I think that there's also a lot of like put on melodrama built into this show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot, but it is entertaining. I mean, it, it, it you know, it's fluff. Yeah. Cause I don't even know what they win. Even though this is the second season we watched this, it's not clear. <laughs> they win a mask. Like, I think the winner wins They actually mask. win, like, a mask? Yeah, like a metal oh, mask. I didn't know that. I didn't notice that. Yeah, no. they, they, they show it during the credits, I think. Hmm. Yeah. I'm excited for season three. I mean, the, that, like, preview for season three was kind of exciting. I know. There's, like, a banana. There's... I mean, I, I think Paris Hilton is on this season. Really? Yes. I'm not... I'm, I'm not a Paris Hilton fan. I have to make that very clear. <laughs> I don't, but I think it's really interesting because she's such a like pop culture, you know. I would love icon. I would it'd be interesting to see what she does. I would love to. I, I to me, what's exciting are the celebrity costume pairings. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the part for me that's yeah. fun. She had Chihuahua. She's a Chihuahua, right? Like there's a, like that was she had a Chihuahua in her purse. Yes. That was her thing. Yeah. And you know um, that's hot. That that whole moment. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the other because they showed a, quite a few of the costumes, but I can't remember all of them. But um, I'm excited. I just I want them to get really kooky and have you know a, a sausage egg and cheese sandwich as a as a you know like I want oh them God, to just an, an really hour go glass. there an hour an hourglass that would be I mean how would they a Victorian do the rough I collar. <sighs> Oh my god! Like stupid things, like the things that we would put in when we would play, uh, celebrity. play celebrity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would be so much. I just, I really want them to just get super kooky mm-hmm. with it. I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens because the next season, I think it starts at the beginning of February. So uh, I'm excited, yeah. and we'll be recapping. Absolutely. Hopefully, with a spoiler warning ahead of it. I know. I mean, we didn't do it this time because the winter has been out it's for been two weeks and it was spoiled for us as we were watching it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but uh, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about everything else we did while we were on break. So stick around. We'll be right back. Oh, hi, it's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the kiki going. We're back, and we did a whole lot of watching things <laughs> while we were on break. No, we we took I, a break. We did like, like we rested it was very hard. I'm not even gonna lie, because I know I was like, please let's not like you know filming because like yeah, you know, when typically when we have a break or any any free time whatsoever, yeah. we're doing something like. Yeah. I invent a project to clean the closets. We are like, oh, let's do more more content or let's film a bunch of videos in, in this case, which is what we're doing now. And we we just really shut down. Mm-hmm. And it was great. It was very restorative. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a bit antsy, just a tiny bit. I mean, one of the work things we did, and we haven't really talked about this, is that you uh, you created our Patreon 
I did. Yes. I did. I don't know what we're going to use it for. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it it's not live yet. But I thought, you know, like, why not play around with it and see, you know, it's there. It's just ready to launch. So what we, as listeners, what would you uh, what would you tune in for for yeah. some premium content? I have a feeling I know what people would like to see from us in terms of premium content. But I'm just curious if the listeners agree. I just don't want to. Let's just see what they say. Anyway, the, so much more work. <clears throat> we started off our break. <laughs> we started off our break by going to see Jackie Beat in her Christmas show called Illuminati or Nice. It's brilliant with um with our dear friend Ari Kiki and um I love that we have traditions like that. I don't know if we talked about this or not, but I love that we, we have like, like little Christmas we traditions. We really do go yeah. to a Jackie B Christmas show every year with, with Ari. Ari. Yeah, like I love it because like. It's fun. We're becoming old faggots, I fe- and I love I'm it. I'm like, well, you know, it's Christmas, so you have the three magi, you have the three old fags. Like, that's how I feel about this. Um, and I've really learned to embrace that word lately. Yeah. Um, just because I like, it is, we're just like three old queens sitting in a basement cabaret watching, you know, I can't say another old queen, because that would be rude. <laughs> um, you know, like going to see this like drag legend yeah. do a Christmas show with yeah. all new material this uh, year. Not right? all, no, not all. But there were new, there were definitely new songs in there, and I, I really like because we've seen so many of Jackie's mm-hmm. shows. I like seeing her try out new material and not judge herself. Her parody of Juice was amazing. So instead of the yeah yeah e uh-huh, yeah, it was oi oi ve oi oi ve. It was. <laughs> I was tickled. I was tickled pink. It was just such a great show. And Jackie looked better than ever. Jackie looked amazing. She, um... We saw thighs, legs. Like, I've never seen Jackie, like, you know, in, like, a a, a bodysuit, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, she's just come. She was just coming off yeah, exactly. uh, hosting Dita Von Teese's tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing, the thing that I love about Jackie, and I was starting to talk about it earlier, is that she's such an incredible. She's such. She's so smart and so witty and so funny. I love that she is able to play when it comes to writing stuff. And we've we've seen shows specifically christmas shows where she will try something and it doesn't go over well and she will literally (laughs) when she's doing her meet and greet after the show she like will beat up on herself about it and i love that she was able to play Mm -hmm. and not like not really think about how it made her feel like you can reflect on that later you don't need to reflect on that right now you are brilliant Mm -hmm. just the way you are let us enjoy your talents and yeah i love jackie beat it was just great and she i remember at one point she's like i've run out of christmas songs to parody yeah she's like i've done some three and four times over and so that's you know like she used juice to make that uh hanukkah song yes um she just makes me so happy yeah and i hope she never stops doing what she does absolutely um the next thing goodness gracious this i was looking forward to this me too and it we um and it it both over delivered and under delivered i guess in a way we went to see cats with miss jade (laughs) so i just want to say really quickly we might be giving spoilers we might not be giving spoilers we're not sure because this movie is a fever dream right yes but i don't both a good way and a bad way i i'm still i'm still confused i'm still confused and unnerved because i don't know how i feel about it 
Like I, right. It does not give me a good feeling, but I'm not, I'm not going to be so like, Oh, it's so terrible. You know, like, because it wasn't like, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen because the room still exists as a moving. Let's not forget. Okay. But I think it's like you said, we have not in in our generation anyway, experienced something that is this much of a train wreck, at least in my, my opinion. It's like, you know, it's the, the, the showgirls of our generation, but like I don't, I don't think the acting was horrible. I don't think the singing was terrible. I don't even think the well, kind of kooky, kooky things that they did with the plot were awful. Or that you know, like we watched a uh, some video yesterday with uh, Pissy and David that they were saying like you basically nitpicking at weird things that made no sense. Yeah, I for me it was it was just the CGI was so odd. It was outdated technology yes. that they were using. I've seen people on Twitter call it the the technology from the Sp- the Scorpion King. Mm-hmm. Like that's the easiest way to describe it. What the, whatever they did to uh, the Rock and the Scorpion King, that's what they did to these people to turn them into cats, and it's it makes that, no like, sense. Like uh, I call it Gumby CGI. Yeah, where everybody looks like squishy. Yeah, kind of like um, you know that scene in the Matrix where they're doing. I forget which one of them it is, but it's like. I think it's Keanu Reeves or um or um Carrie Ann Moss? No, no, the other guy from Priscilla. Um Oh, Guy Ritchie? Yeah. No, Guy Ritchie, look at me. No. It Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce is in that movie, right? Anyway, no. no, it's it's the other guy, the one with who had the kid. Sure. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What are they but doing? But like one of them is like doing the like backwards bend thing and it just looks like a piece of clay. Like it's just oh. it's not it's not moving like a body would, and it's so obviously a CGI thing. Mm. It just it seemed very um, mm. plasticky and strange. It was bizarre. Uh, my goal was to get really really stoned and go see the movie, which is what I did. And the movie was so bizarre that it sobered me up. Yeah, I, I mean, ten minutes in, I was like, oh, okay, well that was worthless. I just I wanted <laughs> I just wanted to enjoy the the sheer lunacy of whatever it is that they mm-hmm. were trying to create and I couldn't do it. Yeah. But it was so distracting. It was very distracting. I am not 100% sure that I didn't fall asleep and dream the whole thing. I am mildly interested to watch it again. Not in theaters, never in theaters. But um and I don't know. It was it was just it was super bizarre. We had a very long conversation with it after it was over. I just think that what what I don't understand is that okay, so Cats is like this. It, it's this Broadway hit that, or not even Broadway, because it's been it's been a hit in many different uh, arenas. Like it it's uh, it's been all over the world. <clears throat> it's been all, all over the world. It's the what was it the the sixth longest running show on the west end uh it has it has a a production that has been running since the 1981 since 1983 in japan is that correct no 1981 in uh no, 1983. It premiered in 1981. 1983, it was in Japan. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. But the 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 version of it that was that premiered in Japan is still oh, running today. Oh yeah, it's still today. running today. Yes. Sorry. So yes. like, you can't deny that it has a certain it's something. Yeah, it has a certain place mm-hmm. in in like uh, it has a cultural impact. I don't understand why they thought it was going to translate into a movie because the show itself is not the narrative's not linear Mm-mm. and it's not meant to be linear because it's based on a uh, a series of poems mm-hmm. and uh it's just I remember seeing the show as a teenager and thinking 
I wish I was a child because I am not going to enjoy this because it's meant for kids. I mean, it's cuckoo kachoo. It's like weird. the whole idea of cats is cuckoo kachoo, but yeah. it works. I- I've only seen like recordings of it, but it mm-hmm. but it works. It works on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And I think that with a little more finesse or some editing, because like in a movie, like I get that they're adapting a Broadway show, but it was like, you know, if I can say this, like shot for shot, what you would have seen had you gone to the show on Broadway. Sort of. But it's like, it's too much, like like the dancing, like like the big group dancing sequences that they had, where you could hear the, like, dance shoes, like, on the floor while they were doing floor work. Like, that's something that, it's great when you're in, a like, a, a Broadway house and you can experience that. But, like, in a theater where you're watching a film, it's just not really... It, it it didn't work for me. I, I found that very distracting, and it was it was that whole thing where the visuals and some of the like weird sounds that they would put in here and there made it almost impossible for me to even like be horrified by this movie, you know, yeah. and, and just be like, this is ridiculous, or I really like it because I was constantly being pulled out of the movie by what you know the choices that they made. Yeah, it was bizarre. I wonder if anyone on the production team knows what a cat actually looks like. I don't understand why they chose to go with CGI instead of just putting everyone in a cat costume because it's not like it's not like turning these humans into believable cats is going to further the plot. There is no plot. It is essentially a bunch of like here meet McCavity type mm-hmm. like it's not there is no there is no true plot. You're just meeting a bunch of different cats. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it yeah. just they they made it so strange and the CGI made it hard because I think what you're supposed. OK, so this is what I got from seeing the the Broadway version. What you're supposed to pay attention to is the dancing, mm-hmm. like the dancing is supposed to be the star of the show. And even the dance, the choreography of the original original uh, Broadway show was controversial because there were critics that didn't care for it. Yep. And. I think that, you know, it's moments like it's moments like that, like, you know, when when uh, uh, whatever the record company was that that told Queen that Bohemian Rhapsody was a, hor- a horrible song. Like it's those moments that change. They shift the the they have a, a cultural impact. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like Cats doing whatever it did with choreography, it had a it shifted mm-hmm. the um, the culture, essentially. Yeah. And so to create this weird movie version where you're spending all of this time CGIing things that don't make don't make any sense. We did not need cockroaches with faces. With human no. faces, excuse me. No, absolutely not. We didn't need that. Yeah. It or was this, terrifying. Like, hyper realistic fur when like I mean it but it wasn't hyper yeah. realistic. Well that's just it. It wasn't. It, it it they were trying to and I'm like, but did you see The Lion King? Like like that was amazing in terms of the CGI. Yes. Like it looked like a nature documentary and I was not into it at first, but I did enjoy it. You know, like it was the whole thing. Breathtaking. Like, and I beautiful. I though like this was such a missed opportunity to turn this into like a spectacle of costume. Yeah. Because in the Broadway show, it's just not just, but you know, they're they're bodysuits that have like, you know, cat fur patterns airbrushed on or whatever, and they mm-hmm. have little like furry cuffs and stuff. Um but for I love I love that in the Broadway show, like the, the makeup on the face, it's like comes out, you know, like from the stripes in the wig. I like that. I and like I don't care that like y- you know, it's not you know, completely blended in. Like there is something really 
beautiful about that to me. And it would have been nice to see this done with practical effects. Like, imagine just how luxurious that would have been with all of these costumes. Like, it could have been done. I don't know why they chose to do this. I don't care about cats. Honestly, I didn't. I went to see the show because my parents would, like, as a kid, my parents would, um, they would bring me into New York City and we would just go to the TKTS booth and pick the most interesting show of the bunch and go see that. And, you know, one of the times it was Cats. Cats was not my favorite show. I didn't get what it was about. I left thinking, like, why do so many people like this? Because it had been running for at least 15 years when I saw it. And I don't understand why they wasted their time turning it into a movie. They didn't need to turn it into a movie. If anything, use really high-tech cameras and film a stage version or do a live version of it to put on TV because it just didn't work. Like it didn't it didn't work for me as a stage show. It was not going to work as a movie. And I don't know. That being said, though, I am excited to watch it again because it was such a train wreck. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It just it was so bizarre. However, there is a song in the movie that was written by Taylor Swift and Andrew Lloyd Webber and Francesca Hayward, right? Yes. Is that the name yeah, of the actress? She's the one who plays Victoria. She, she performs the song beautifully, and it is the star of this movie. That song mm-hmm. is the star of the show. And what a way to like, because it, it's like a companion piece to memories. Memories, yeah. And like, that doesn't often work, like adding new music to things like this, which are so, because like Cats is so, like really beloved. Like those who love it, like it's a thing, you know? Yeah. And like, I also they, wonder. They ran a risk with really mucking it up, and it just worked perfectly. Like yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, I guess so. And now that I think about it, you bringing up memories, I'm pretty sure that that song happens when, like, like the moon is out and it's nighttime when the song is sung in mm-hmm. the stage version. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. I don't remember. I think 100%. it does. In the movie, it happens in broad daylight. Well, if I'm remembering it. Correctly. I mean, we don't know what time it is because it's all indoors. The sun was out. The sun Jennifer was out? Hudson was outside singing it, and all the cats were inside. Oh, yeah, it was broad daylight out. Are you sure? Because it was Positive. during the ball, which was at night. It was during. I I remember it happening during the day. Mm. I may be. I may have remembered it wrong, but I'm pretty sure I remember her singing memories mm-hmm. in broad daylight, which is not how. Like, it's supposed to be this moment where she reflects on her life and she's looking at the moon and it's like this whole thing. And yet we can't focus on any of that because why are Jennifer Hudson's eyes too far up and her mouth is too far down? Like, just such a mess. Hers was like the worst, unfortunately, in terms of what they did to her face. Well, yeah. The fact that another human being looked at this on a screen and was like, yep, send it off. Like, no, it's horrifying. But also it's... It's something that needs to be seen <laughs> to <Yes>. be believed. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, speaking of cats. Don't fuck with them. Yes. Uh, we also watched the uh, three episode Netflix documentary. Don't fuck with cats. It's really fucked up. It's that uncomfortable. Is, it's, it's uncomfortable to watch. It's, it's good. I think it's good. I don't know. It's a terrible story. Like what, what happened is awful. Of course. Like absolutely terrible, but fascinating. Like, how they tracked this person down and, you know, all the things he was doing and the interviews that they got. Um, 
It's worth watching. <laughs> I, uh, but I don't know what else to say about it, because otherwise you give it away. I have three things that I need to say. Number one, so essentially what this is, it's a, it's a true crime documentary about someone who is like posting these horrible videos on the internet. The, the, the folks who were talking about the videos and who were investigating things and trying to crack this case, essentially, are the people who narrate the story. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why the filmmakers decided that they needed to spend so much time talking to these regular-ass people who do not have compelling stories to tell. Well, the thing was that, that the, the two or three people that they showed, I mean, they, they featured two people in particular it was like they were part of a facebook facebook group that was formed when the first video was Was posted was was posted and and not not to them it was just on the internet yeah and then the killer the the, the cat guy would like realize that attention was being paid to them so he would then like well no no no. i'm not even talking about that i'm not even talking about that i I don't want to give anything away. what i'm saying to you is i don't understand why as a filmmaker you have this crime that was committed you're not talking you're not spending enough time because his mother was in the documentary and all of these other people that were around him that were not included in the facebook group and all that stuff they were in the documentary sort of like sprinkled in but we spend all of this time talking to the this one woman who at a certain point her her story was no longer compelling it was exhausting and then this other person again your story is not compelling it's just exhausting because you're mm-hmm. just you're a, a spectator to this essentially and it's time to move let's go talk to the the cop let's go talk to like mm-hmm. let's talk to other people who were involved in yeah. cracking this case and bringing this person to justice right mm-hmm. that's number 1 number 2 the the way that they talk about this man I'm like, why are you sensationalizing this man? You're just making it worse because that's what it seemed to me like his goal was to become famous. And and he did. And he was doing this whole like, oh, I'm going to leave you a little breadcrumb here and here and whatever. And that way it'll help you find me. And it's like, okay, but I found this documentary to be the, the be the type of thing that is creating it's like the the Chicago effect. How in mm-hmm. the in the 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 musical Chicago is about these women who wanted to become famous, so they killed their husbands, essentially, right? And that's what it feels like with documentaries like these. It's like, oh, you have this lost soul who decided to post a video of some you know wackadoo shit that he did to an animal, and then all of a sudden there's a documentary about him, and he's more. He, he's he's more visible in in like popular and popular yeah. culture than he needs to be. Why are we doing that? Mm-hmm. Do we really have we run out of original ideas? And the fact that people were like, "Oh, this documentary is so fucked up," or whatever. Like, yeah, it's fucked up. Of course it is. But why are we giving these people more attention? You're creating more of these kinds of people by giving this one person attention. It got us to watch it. No, David talked to me about it, and he got us to. Okay, watch but it. still. <laughs> It's like a domino thing. It's like convert it's, people to the don't fuck with cats religion. It is, um, but it's like there isn't, I don't know. I I just, I both enjoy and have a problem with the true crime genre mm-hmm. that has become this thing thanks to in, serial. In, in a way, it, it, it elevates the criminal. Exactly, exactly. And it's Because like, if they didn't do it, like you're, you're creating like content in some cases, you know, some of these documentaries win awards and become famous. Yes. And, you know, the, the, these people, and, you know, that's why you have all these like 
true crime tours and people who are like obsessed with you know killers like like Jeffrey Dahmer for example you know it's um I don't know but I feel like if you know what if people weren't interested in it I don't think things like this would be made but I think that it they do tap into this very um basic part of ourselves that enjoys a train wreck Mm. and enjoys I guess enjoys seeing trauma without it being inflicted on us i think that's really like you know because like you would never want to be in the position that any of this person's you know victims were in here's the but thing. you and you know but you want to watch this thing you're you're trying to appeal to me on a human level right with this documentary the way i see it when i was watching the documentary i kept thinking if i were one of these people and someone sent me a link to a video where someone is torturing a live animal right I would close the video, close my laptop, tell that person I never want to speak to them again and move on with my life and mm-hmm. try and like rinse it out of my brain. The the people that were interviewed, like the Facebook group members that were interviewed in this documentary, they kept taking it a step further and further and further and watching the video and doing this and oh my God and this and all that other stuff. It's, it's like, like they were excited to get, uh, you know, to get a crumb from him because then they had something to do. Right. And that was a little... That's uncomfortable. That is incredibly like, uncomfortable. You're excited because like, it, 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 it is. There was this like shift, yeah, in the narrative where they were like, "Oh, this like fucking cat killer." Like, let's figure out who he is, and then you know, more and more uh, videos come out, and then they're like, "Is there another one?" Oh, oh my god, there's another one. Oh, here it is. Oh, like it looked to me like when when they used to do uh, when they used to announce seasons of Drag Race. And they would post a photo of the queen out of drag, right? Mm -hmm. And you had to do this whole scavenger hunt to figure out her name in drag and who she is and all this other stuff. It felt a lot like that when they were talking about those moments where it's like, oh, a new video was posted. Oh, a photo was posted. Oh, this. Go here. Go there. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. It's like, what is this weird, like, scavenger hunt for a killer? Get out of here. Let's move on. And let's move on. Yes. Um, Um, We also watched Knives Out. Amazing. Which is excellent. It's so good. It's, I've never seen, uh, well, seen, look at me. I've never read an Agatha Christie novel, but I could tell that the story in this movie was inspired by the the storytelling that happens in Ag- Agatha Christie novels. Mm-hmm. And also, the twist at the end, you don't see that shit coming. Nope. Not for a mile. Wow. Awesome. Great yeah. movie. Can't tell you anything about it because you just have to watch it. And everybody's really good. And... The lead actress was nominated for a Golden Globe. Yes. So. Yes. I'm I'm excited to see if um if she wins. Mm-hmm. Um, on the- New Year's Day when we were too sick to have uh mm-hmm. Pissy and David over for dinner, we actually binge watched season two of The House of the Flowers, aka La Casa de las Flores. I will say, I enjoyed it mm-hmm. probably because we were looking at nine half hour episodes but if they had been an hour long i probably would have been exhausted Mm -hmm. about halfway through not as good as the first season not gonna lie it was different than the first season like also the first season was much longer so i feel like they because the first season was i believe 14 episodes so they had yeah so they had Mm. a lot more had a lot more time or chose to have a lot more time to you know, like they were laying the groundwork so that we don't need to hear backstories again. Right. In season one. And so in season two, it was a little more fast paced, I thought. 
Um, but it it essentially just centered on Paulina, and like it yeah. was, she's great. I mean, she's like the best part of this whole show. Just her her acting and like commitment to this character is phenomenal. Um, I did find it interesting that in the in the funeral special that actually comes out <laughs> that came out after season two, we meet her friends from college, and they all have that same cadence mm-hmm. to their voice. Are they making a commentary on the abuse of? Is it barbiturates? What like what is the? Because the, the the voice the the pacing of her voice is based on someone who who's who's uh, uh oh damn it's very specific but yeah it has something to do with um some sort of medication or drug and like its effects yeah like long term effects so that that like kind of I mean it it it's 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 just as odd and strange as you know Lupita Nyong'o's um. Cadence oh, in us. I in mean, us. it's not the same Which at was all. But not nominated for a Golden Globe. None. What? Why? How? Where? What? Why? I call shenanigans. Full shenanigans. Like, come on. But you um, had you had a perfect perfect example of someone who was acting their ass off, mm-hmm. and not one but two roles, mm-hmm. and you did not nominate her for an award. Let's yeah. hope that the Academy Award the uh, the um. Is it American the, I, Academy of Arts and Sciences? Yes. Right? No. Yeah, I think that's them. Film Arts and Sciences. Sure. Something. Anyway. Let's hope that the them. Oscars have more like better taste. Better taste mm-hmm. and and give and give Lupita both the nomination and the award that she, she played two so rightfully people. Like, come on. <clears throat> um but yes. I, my my takeaway on season two of La Casa de las Flores is that um I I remember the show when we when we were getting to the end because they give they leave us with a cliffhanger i remember thinking if this is the last episode i'll be fine Mm -hmm. and i think that that's that is the sign of a show that is mediocre so there's that so there you go well season three is coming in 2021 so well let's see if it piques my interest Mm -hmm. um the next thing that we did was play lots of video games because i i got robert a like build it yourself game system and then broke it because i fell on it <laughs> um but <laughs> which then led us to reconnect our wii to and the figure TV. out yes we still have a wii like i love the wii and we're using it to play old super nintendo games so like like this is while while something's in the oven we play a one-player game and take turns yeah. uh, you know it's very it's not that serious <laughs> um but, Although the um, game they have, the Crash Bandicoot game they have for the Wii is beyond bizarre. I don't even know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, when we're done recording this podcast, I'm going to see if I can figure out how to play PlayStation 1 games on my Wii. But Ooh. because I was obsessed with Crash Bandicoot mm-hmm. when I had my PlayStation 1. So, uh, but I'm liking playing video games. I am too. And we're like, we're getting through Donkey Kong slowly, we but surely are. I love Donkey mm-hmm. Kong. Oh. Yeah, it's just it's nice to have something else. And even though I did break the system, we figured out, like Robert said, how to make it work a different yeah. way. Um, and last but not least, especially not least, because this this was, is like the highlight. This was a highlight and a surprise and all of it. So we went to see Tootsie. We didn't see Tootsie. We saw Tootsie. Um, I kept calling it Tootsie because when you look at it spelled out, it's kind of what it like Tootsie. Tootsie. Um, we went to see Tootsie. When was when was that? Was it before? It was the Monday before Sunday, New Year's. Sunday before New the Year's. Sunday before yeah. New Year's. Uh, 
I had my expectations were extremely low. Oh yeah, mine too. Extremely low because I well every every year between uh, Christmas and New Year's we promise ourselves that we're going to go see a bunch of Broadway shows and so we enter all of the lotteries and and then we end up seeing nothing because we don't win any of the lotteries. So this year we decided to enter even more lotteries and so um, actually we didn't just win. I won the lottery for Tootsie on Sunday for the matinee and Daniel. And I won it for the for the evening won show. Won it for the evening show. Because I was put on the wait list. Right. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, okay. Which like, what are the odds that And that was the day I was win? at my sickest. Yeah. So I was like, you know, walking around Times Square with all sorts of cough medicines and lozenges and but I really have to say the show was an excellent adaptation mm-hmm. of a movie. Yeah, they updated it, but it didn't lose any of its, you know, kind of original charm or just the the story behind it. It was really, really well done. And because I, I, I grew up with that movie and yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I do really like it. And um, there is a teaspoon of white male savior. And I say male specifically because there's this whole concept of here's this woman that is changing the perspective of uh, of of what uh, what a female character can do in a show, and she's played by a man. So, mm-hmm. I mean, granted, the who's the actively characters don't know who, that. who's actively doing this to take the part that would have gone to a to a woman to a yeah to, exactly to, to a woman actor. I mean, yeah. and I like that they reference that, like they they reference that it is that problematic, like to you know. Like um in the in the in, show in, it's yeah, part in of the, the story. show mm-hmm. and I that was something that really spoke to me because I don't think they did that in the movie and I know today like these are things that we we need to be paying more attention to obviously mm-hmm. and so the fact that it was it was very self aware for for like a, a musical that's like this light you know mm-hmm. it was terribly self aware of what was going on in the plot and then how they were going to deal with it mm-hmm. um and I, I i love a broadway show that like it's a broadway show that's like on broadway like yeah. you know there's a show within a show yeah um especially when it's something as you know ridiculous as this you know adaptation of romeo and juliet <laughs> it right it's just it was really good the music was also fantastic yeah um i'm sad that the the day that we're recording this is the last day, like the last show. Yeah. I I don't get it. Yeah, there's a lot of um, I, it's I really just don't understand how I I I mean I I guess I do understand that obviously ticket sales dictate what's what stays open and what doesn't and all that, but this was like you know somebody really did a great job with this show. And so it's very surprising that it's closing as or like it's closing nine months after it opened, I guess, you know, it's, yeah. it's just it was it was one of the better things that, you know, like we saw Moulin Rouge a couple months ago and the story was not as compelling. And also the way that they crammed all of these uh, pop songs into mm-hmm. the show, like they really shoehorned a lot of and things in there. It's funny because when we talked about seeing Moulin Rouge, I think. I think we said, we can go back and listen to it, but I think that we said that we really enjoyed it. And I still think that I really enjoyed it. I had an excellent experience. But but looking back on it, and we've talked about this even before we went to see Tootsie, is that um, (laughs) I just love that. I love it so much. You really Um, (laughs) did. I do. Um, 
I just, I'm thinking of Tootsie. Um, uh, it's like reflecting back on Moulin Rouge, like the musical numbers were fun, but whoa, it was terribly disjointed. Like, yeah, it, it actually was not a very good adaptation of the movie that it was based on. And that, that I think hurt it. And that's yeah. why I think like they have so much stuff in that show to entertain you. Yeah. Cause it's not the story. Whereas in this, it's a very traditional musical, nothing super fancy mm-hmm. you know like nothing extends beyond the stage it's just very traditional i think in many ways you know classic quick changes and and things like that but a very good story yeah like really good very cohesive really memorable characters and like you know playing off of like broadway stereotypes which is great i i don't get it yeah, I just don't get it. But it is going uh, on tour, so yeah. at least there's that. I am glad though that because on. of that's the beautiful thing about these lotteries is that they make the tickets so affordable that even if it's something that you weren't like, you know, dying to go see, because I hadn't really thought about going to see Tootsie. Um, <laughs> I'll try that again, Tootsie. But um, I'm I'm glad that the lotteries exist so that you can. You know, if you can afford it, you can be, you know, willing to take a chance yeah. on on something that you might not have otherwise. Take a chance on Tootsie. Yeah. Uh, I think that this experience should be the catalyst for us going to see more shows on Broadway. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should be seeing more shows in general, but we just hate leaving the house. I really want to see Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. And we got to get we, on. We got to see it before June because the theater that they're at did them dirty and... Kick them Speaking out. of cats, for the, the Winter music Garden man? Theater. Yeah. I know people like it. People like the music, music man. man? I, right? Because um, apparently they kicked them out of, of, of the theater because they feel that the music man's going to be more lucrative, particularly because, um, because Hugh Jackman. Huge Jackman. Yeah. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> but like, you could have had, because like Beetlejuice was making or is making at the moment like between $1.5 and $2 million a week in ticket sales. Yeah, it's sold out. Like, it's sold out. Yeah, completely Um, sold out. So, it is, you know, like, they're not even letting it stay long enough so that the investors can make their money back. Yeah. So, now they're searching for a new house. I hope they find it. Yeah. Because I remember when I was in high school, the same thing happened to Urinetown, and Urinetown was excellent. And they were kicked out of whatever theater they were in, and they promised that they would be back, and they never came back. Mm -hmm. It was really unfortunate. Yeah. I think in their case, though, they were kicked out because there was some, uh, like, building issue uh, with the theater mm. they were in, which is different. It's different than, oh, here comes Hugh Jackman yeah. in this Well, so there was some, thing. like, the stop clause <laughs> because of returns during, you know, May, and they had just opened in April, so it's the like... The stop clause is what they used, but they're, it's Hugh Jackman. It's the mm-hmm. fact that it's a show with Hugh Jackman. Yeah, they had the opportunity. Which will run mm-hmm. for, I don't know, a handful of months and then close. And Warner Brothers who's, you know, basically funding Beetlejuice, offered to move... I forget what show. There was another show that's under whoever's dealing with producing, you know, The Music Man, right? Uh They offered to pay for all of the costs to move one of their show, like one of this other production company shows out of the house that it's currently into a new one, another one that has a spot and is the right size Mm -hmm. so that they could have the music man there. Like they were going to pay for everything. I just don't understand. I guess, I guess the timing is bad because shows close in January. Mm -hmm. Lots of shows close in January. They don't, there aren't so many that close in June. 
you know yeah. so and they typically open like in the spring right like i mean they open all all around the like all year long but it would just it would have been perfect timing let's say if beetlejuice needed to move in march because there were so many mm-hmm. shows and granted i don't know what the space is like at the winter garden versus at other theaters when are the tonys sorry the, the tonys are in june they're the same day as the Puerto Rican Day Parade. So that's how I always remember because I remember the year that um, that I had to go into Manhattan for something and it was the same day as the Puerto Rican Day Parade and we rushed home to watch the Tonys. That's mm. how I always remember that. So, uh, yeah. So that was our break. And um, we're going to take another quick break. <laughs> and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Keto Corner and things we're excited about. So stick around. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back. And what's in our keto corner this week? So in this week's keto corner, we have my general sows, general so I can never pronounce this correctly. Uh, My general sows chicken tasting video. Um, It's up right now on our, on our YouTube channel. And in it, I um, make uh, Sahil from Headbangers Kitchens um, keto general sows chicken recipe. And we also taste it and give our opinions on it. So it was really good. It, it was, was really good. Dangerously close to the real thing. Absolutely. And it was the second time I'd made it and we switched out, you know, one or two ingredients because in case you've never had psyllium husk, it can cause some digestive issues. So we chose to skip it. It did cause some digestion. Yeah. But it fried beautifully, issues. Robert. It did, but like I was in so much pain. Ooh. Ooh. It was Man. I mean, it's Metamucil. I didn't know that that is kind of exactly what Metamucil is, is psyllium husk. It hurts so bad. But then it, it tastes so, so good. Not good enough to be in that much pain. <laughs> so sorry. So we, we, had to, we had to sub out the, the psyllium husk, but whatever. It's fine. I don't need I don't need a replacement for General So's chicken. In my no. Life. <laughs> if like if we're gonna do that, like that's just an off keto meal. Yeah. Sure. At that point. Why not? Like Yeah. Yeah. But um not ruining yeah. my insides. No. Um <laughs> for psyllium <yeah>. husk. <laughs> head over to go head a little bit Head over to our YouTube and go check it out. Um, we had a lot of fun making it and are very thankful to Sahil from Headbangers Kitchen for providing us with another really fun recipe. Because really, that recipe, that the sauce from that recipe is mm-hmm. so good. You could just throw some grilled chicken in there Anything. and it would be amazing. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's so, it's so tasty. It's so tasty too. <laughs> now it's time for I'm So Excited. I'm so What do we 
we excited about? So first up, and I'm so excited, is the new Maleficent movie. Maleficent 2, Electric Boogaloo. Right? That's what it was called? I don't know. Maleficent, <laughs> Queen of Darkness. Male- I don't know. Um, I I liked it. I mean, you fell asleep for most of it. So it's kind of... I'm actually so excited about it. But... I fell asleep in the... Like, right in the, in the middle. So, like, the movie starts. There's... Um, there's a little like, ooh, look at all the fairies and like, uh oh, here comes Maleficent. Like there's just like a mm-hmm. whole like twenty minute moment where it's like meeting all these people and then Maleficent gets invited over to her new in laws or the her 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 daughter's new in laws for dinner and that's where the action starts. Like that's where the what fight you begins. Say was, this is a, an, an allegory for uh, when I saw that they were making a new Maleficent movie, I was like, are you seriously making a sequel to Maleficent? That was my first thought. And secondly, are you making it about how mother, like, uh, mother-in-laws are a terror? Because that's what it looked mm-hmm. like to me based on the trailer. I was like, that's what you're, that's what you're, the picture you're painting for me, which I thought was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That being said... It was much more successful than the first one. Yes. Uh, and and what I was getting at is I fell asleep right when the action began and I woke up right before the like the the conclusion of whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was excellent. <laughs> you liked the granted, ending. Granted I watched it for 35 minutes. Like yeah. It was really good. It it was it was really good <laughs> and I think a little more con- like to the point than yes. than the first movie. And I, I've only seen the first movie once because I didn't want to see it twice. Um, but but it was like I don't mind them changing the story. I I, I you know, but it it really um, <sighs> trying to give us a new take on Maleficent. Like if that's what they were trying to do in the first one, they failed miserably. It's a waste and, of time, and, and not because they didn't they didn't actually get to the the meat of the matter. It just was weird. It it, it didn't really work. Whereas this one, the 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 sequel was really good and mm-hmm. like concise. I think that's what I really enjoyed about it is that it was just like boom, boom, boom. You know, the like the storytelling moved along very smoothly. Mm-hmm. Even though it is like a two-hour-long movie, but it is an hour and a half. Is it just an hour and a half? Yeah, oh, it felt longer. Yeah, it was an, it was a nice. It was a good, wow. good brief film. It was it was fun. Yeah, from just, what to I me, remember, it felt longer. But I I still liked it. Yeah, I, you know, if if anything, even like the special effects were a lot better. Yeah, this time around, um, Michelle Pfeiffer still got it. Mm-hmm. Like she does. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer versus Angelina so well. Yeah. Oh, she looked fierce. Yeah. Oh, that last outfit. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, it was all great, but you know. I also the 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 feeling like a, a Maleficent sequel was unnecessary sort of went away when I saw that Michelle Pfeiffer was in it. And I like that they made Maleficent a little funny, oh, like a lot funny. <laughs> she was like shady. She was really shady. Yeah. She's yeah. like, oh, you want me to cover my horns when we go to meet your in-laws? Okay. Yeah. I'm not. I'm like i'm gonna look foolish mm-hmm. but and i mean she did mm-hmm. she had like a schmata on her head yeah like you know but um i i never thought of maleficent as having a sense of humor well, and angelina jolie did a very good job at convincing me that she has a sense of humor about herself yeah it was nice i you know, i liked, liked it. fluffy yeah. fun mm-hmm. yeah 
Um, well, I'm excited about Kathy Griffin's documentary, A Hell of a Story, which is available streaming on Amazon Prime right now. I really, I so I kept up with uh, the with what with most of what was happening to Kathy when she released the photo where she's holding Trump's bloody head, but I didn't know how how. Um, like scary and invasive it re- like it truly was for her she goes into a lot of detail about what she really went through and how she create like she she had to rebuild her career outside of the United States first and then i think all of the promoters and um and these like uh comedy spaces saw how well her touring was doing outside the United States specifically in countries that hate Trump. Well, cuz that's would... what she asked for. Yeah. She asked her, yeah. her I think her agent, she was like, "Okay, so can we do this tour in like only countries and cities that hate Trump?" Yeah. And she said like within 2 or 3 days she had 2 weeks Oh, was it two weeks? Two weeks. That she had... Like a 31-city tour. Yeah, yeah. In, in like in like 23 countries. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, and it's just... Um, I don't know. I I just think it highlights how, how ridiculous... I mean, not that we need more highlighting of how ridiculous this administration is, but it's the first... And she talks about this. It's the first time that a president has used their resources to investigate a private citizen it's ridiculous it's completely the the lengths that or the the amount of of um of hoops that she had to jump through and and to prove that she wasn't uh, a threat to the president's life and all of this stuff it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous and i still don't understand why the uh the artist has not i mean this is this is justin timberlake and janet jackson all over again the woman is taking the fall for mm-hmm. the um the actions of a, of a man who of course, is, was not in the photo yeah you know our society is so so good at accepting or so readily accepts you know these um uh, half-hearted sorry. apologies no no or... my mind just went blank i apologize um is that people in this country are so like excited to see a like you know a hysterical female figure get crucified because that's what right. you know it, it it was that that's what they showed this you know to be yeah. is that you yeah. know she was going overboard and she did this terrible thing oh and now she's hysterical like no i mean i i thought the photo was a bit much but it was mostly because i didn't visually i didn't like looking at it mm-hmm. And but I did not think the punishment fit the crime. And I think it was very clear that she was never a threat to the president's life. And so I think that is what makes this situation historic is that, you know, an idiot president decided to investigate a citizen for no reason. In the tens of millions of our money that that were spent investigating Kathy Griffin. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And even more ridiculous, and we talked about this at at some point in the past, the fact that Anderson Cooper turned his back on her as quickly as he did, that proves that he's a bad person. FYI. People need to watch this if only, if only to see Kathy Griffin read the letter. The the letter from Bob. From Gay Bobby in Sarasota. (laughs) That, that just like, just gave me life. That was so... (laughs) 
good. It's just, this is also, I didn't know that we were getting the comedy special in addition, like, in addition to this documentary. Yeah. Which was a big surprise. It's one of the reasons I kind of, like, waited a little bit, because I was like, this is going to be really heavy, and, like, having to see her go through this again was just, you know, but... She also doesn't really mention it in any of the press that she's done for it, because I, I listened to her interview on The Margaret Cho, mm-hmm. and um, and she doesn't mention that there's a comedy special. Oh. All that, that, that is the majority yeah. of... Like, the first half hour of the documentary is behind the scenes of her touring uh, internationally, and then after that, it's the it turns into the comedy special. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which the the whole, I think the whole thing is so important again, because we are in this historic moment in this country and we need to, uh, we need to immortalize these moments because Mm -hmm. it's important to be able to look back at stuff like this and actually learn from our mistakes because investigating Kathy Griffin was a waste of time. Ooh, but look at what it produced. I mean, I know that it, it, it changed her. You know, it, it left yeah. an indelible mark on her life and not a good one. Right. Um, but she's been through shit before. Yeah. You know, she had a husband who was stealing from her while she was doing her, her show, The D-List. Yeah. Um, you know, she has not... She's been through some shit. Yeah. Okay. You know, people, you know, wishing that her, even, her even sister would die that, and things she like had that. A, she had a, um, she had a brother who was an alcoholic mm-hmm. and, and his, um, I think it was that her brother was an alcoholic. I don't, my mind is very foggy right now. I read her book and there's a, there was a lot of, you know, there, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of things that happened to her when she was younger that are really why she turns mm-hmm. to comedy and why she yeah. is the, the comedian she is today. Yeah. It's just, it's so well crafted. Like, mm-hmm. what she was able to turn this into is, uh, like, just, I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. I would just be telling people the story and crying. But it's it's also great because it's so defiant and it's such a, um like, spitting in the face of all of this bullshit. Because it's like, yeah, you put her through hell for the better part of two years, but now she's basically making more money than she ever has before because people hate this man so much. And not just that they hate him, because this is not, this is good. Like, what she did with this is, is you know, like, can't, can't really be matched. But, like, if, she, if what she did had actually been illegal in the first place, she couldn't be doing this right now. Right. It's stupid. Right. But. Um, I thought it was brilliant that the poster for her, uh, for the tour, was her, uh, like, it was the photo, but instead of Trump's head, it was the globe. Mm-hmm. Like, her holding the globe. Yeah. Also, that she did. I didn't realize this until like halfway through the documentary that she did the entire tour in that dress. Yeah, like every show was done in the dress. Yeah. Um. I just she has a lot. She has a, uh, an incredible amount of strength, and she finds the funny in places where you know it, other people might you know uh, someone like me might collapse into myself instead of creating you know it's it's like the whole thing that jim carrey said to her is that you're going to put it through your amazing lens and you're going to tell this story to the world and and that's what she's doing it reminded me of trixie mattel's documentary you know because yes. uh, we 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 watched it and then we talked about it on the podcast but specifically we told ari about ari kiki about it and 
Um, and we had a conversation about it. And I was like, I don't after she watched it. I don't know that I would be capable of being that kind of friend to Katya after experiencing what Trixie went through with her. And so, you know, the it's just like lessons that you learn from watching all these other people who are stronger and, and, and better at compartmentalizing and understanding situations and all this stuff. You know, it's I, I just think it's fascinating. I'm happy that you know, that this didn't take Kathy down because I'm a big fan of hers mm-hmm. and I think that we need to laugh a lot, you yeah. know, like we need to laugh more today than we ever mm-hmm. have. So, um, and um, and we need political messages delivered in a funny way because I feel like that captures people, you know, yeah. comedy captures people. Yeah, because you're laughing at it, but you're also like, oh, well, that's really or fucked up. People. You know, like, because yeah. you're still... Uh, like she didn't turn it's not all a joke like it no. is it is framed like you're saying in a comedic way because yeah. you have to laugh about stuff sometimes right. like you just have to yeah. and look at how, how ridiculous things are but like she needed to tell this story yeah because people you know in case they don't already know like this administration is really like fucking cuckoo yeah like this is ridiculous yeah um and you know she's able to tell her story openly yes and that's important right well, that brings us to the end of another episode. We're Grizzly Kiki on everything. That means Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So be sure to follow us. You can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Until next time. Bye. bye.